Rabbos say good morning. Good morning, good morning. Let us begin thanking our Talmud Torah sponsors, Shmuli and Libodinovitz, for dedicating all the Shumrish Rashos. In this Chusav and Aliyah for the Neshama of Shmuli's father, Haraf Paras Avram, Ben Rav Yom and Moshe, Zechron Lebrach, we hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. Rabbos say, with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf Yud Aleph. We are picking up Emir Hashem at the Mishnah. On the top of Yud Aleph Amud Aleph says the Mishnah, Hagiores v'Hashruya v'Hashivcha sheniftu v'shenis gairu v'shenis tachruru bechusos mibnos shalosh shanim. So here's the case. Here's the case. Giores is a convert. Shivcha, sorry, Shvuya is a woman who was taken captive. So Shivcha is a maidservant. The Shivcha Kinanis. In all of these cases, these are girls or women who either went ahead and converted, were emancipated, or ultimately again were redeemed. Pchusos mibnos shalosh shanim, less than three years old. Now, both say the mission is operating on a principle. The principle is that if there was bia with a girl less than three years old, that lamaisa the besulim regenerate. The besulim regenerate, and therefore again, such a girl will have the status of a besula. So therefore again, the Mishnah says, Ksuvasan masayim, their ksuva is 200 zuz, fiyesh lahen tainas besulim. And therefore again, halach if the husband, when the man marries them, he does have the ability, if he feels that she's not a besula, to make a claim. They both say, again, I'll say it again as I said it on Friday's year, just to be very clear, the, the Mishnah is in no way encouraging right, these types of relationships, right? What the Mishnah is talking about over here is just a technical status. And what it's saying is, if Chas v'shalom, a girl was violated less than the age of three years old in one day, the point is she still has the status of a besula. That, that's the takeaway from this message, from this Mishnah, excuse me. Says the Gemara, Amrav Huna, Ger Katan, so we'll say it's actually interesting. So now one, one of the cases that came up over here is Gioras. So both says, we're going to see, in general, when a woman converts, right? When a woman converts, she's assumed not to be a besula. We'll discuss this. But the idea that the Mishnah is telling me is, if she converted less than the age, or I should say below the age of three years old in one day, then halacha she has the status of a besula. So the Gemara is using this as a little bit of a springboard to talk about a fascinating aspect of gerus. Listen to this. Amrafuna, ger katan. Now both say, what's a ger katan? A child who converts. Now, if you think about it just a moment, how is a child able to convert? After all, Gerus requires Das. A katan doesn't have Das. So how can you convert the child? This is fascinating. So Ger katan, Madbilin also al Das Beisdin. When we convert the child, we convert a child al Das Beisdin. I both say, now what does that mean with the intent of Beisdin, with the Das of Beisdin? If you look at Rashi, it's about uh, six lines down from the top of Rashi, al Das Beisdin, Shlosha Yu Betvilasan, Betvilaso, Kedin called Tfilas Kershetzvich in Gimel. So we'll say in general, right? When we're converting a katan, you have three people. Now, truth is, that's not a Kiddush by a katan. You always have three people by, the, by a Gerus. You have a Beisdin. And what happens? Listen to this. Vehein nasin lo av. Rabbi said, this is incredible. The Beisdin effectively becomes the halachic father, so to speak, of the katan who is converting. Vahari hu ger al And therefore he becomes a ger through almost like their halachic paternity. Umago b'yayin kasher. 
Rashi adds in this interesting detail over here, and therefore, if this convert child were to touch wine, he would not go ahead and invalidate the wine. There's a whole discussion, why exactly is Rashi throwing this in here? What does that have to do with anything? Not our topic for today. They'll say, but this is quite fascinating. So the Gemara is grappling with the idea of how can I convert the child if Geras requires Das? And the interesting part is because Beisdin essentially acts as the father of the ger and converts the child al das the beizdin. So the gemara says, What are we being taught here? This is the zachna dem shalav befanav. They both say apparently what's really the underlying principle over here that Allah lamaisa becoming Jewish is a schus. That's not a chiddush. We all know that, right? Becoming Jewish is a schus. Zachna adam shalav befanav. You could do something positive for someone even without their knowledge. So that seems to be what's driving this over here. Becoming a yid is a zechus. I must say it's important to go ahead and remind ourselves of that every so often, right? That it's such a zechus to be a Jew. Many responsibilities, sometimes the responsibilities even feel a little bit overwhelming, but even with all of that, it's always a zechus to be a Jew. So zachin la adam shalom that's how we convert the katan. So the Gemara says, So I'll say, what would you have thought? Listen to this. I would have thought, So the Gemara says, I would have thought, maybe it's not a schus for a non-Jew to become Jewish. Why? Because perhaps an akum enjoys a more permissive lifestyle. After all, the Gemara will say, if you're not Jewish, right, what do you have? What do you have? Right? What, what obligations do you have? Right? The truth is, Rabbi six out of seven are stuff that normal people would do anyway. Right? So let me say, you're not restricted, right? And even if you want to remember, you could be a righteous Gentile, have a beautiful Gan Eden, have everything, right? You don't need these 630 misses to be a good person, to be beloved by God. So I would have thought a non-Jew in general prefers a more permissive lifestyle. The ha, after all, we know the kaimalon, the eved vadebeth keren echale. And we'll say, because there's one thing we know, which is an eved, interestingly enough, an eved definitely goes ahead and prefers a more permissive lifestyle over the restrictive lifestyle of the Jew, to which the Gemara says, kamash malon, tahani mini gadol, the tam tam di isura. This is incredible. And we'll say, when do we say that an akum prefers his Gentile life over potentially becoming Jewish? This is when he becomes an adult. Why? Because once he's already reached the age of adulthood, what's happened? He's enjoyed the permissiveness of his lifestyle. Right? He's tasted, he's tasted whatever he wants to taste in life. And the truth is, he's not going to be ready to go ahead and give that up. Aval katan zuchusulo. I will say this is incredible. But a katan, before he's experienced all the different kinds of pleasures in life, ultimately, again, it's a schus for him. To become a Jew. People say it's such an incredible idea. Every human being begins with a blank slate. There's a tabla rasa. And every human being has such incredible propensity and potential for kedusha. It's every human being. So the idea of the Gemara saying over here is like this. That for a Gentile child, it's a schus to convert him. Now, I want, I want to be clear. We don't go around converting people, right? J- j- just to be very clear, right? We're not a proselytizing religion. This becomes the idea because we don't believe that in order to have a relationship with God or even to have Olam Haba, you have to be Jewish. We believe that you could be a righteous Gentile and if you were born a Gentile, that's your tachlis. Be a righteous Gentile. The point over here is if somebody, and we'll discuss the parameters of this case, the point over here, if there is a Gentile child who because of circumstances around him is converting, we'll discuss what those circumstances are, 
We could convert him even though he doesn't have das. Why? Zachin la'adam shalom b'fanav. Because we assume it is a schus. Why is it a schus? Ultimately, again, because he's going to have all of this additional kedusha. Now, when that child grows up into a Gentile adult, we assume that he would prefer to remain non-Jewish than Jewish because he's already tasted right the permissiveness of his lifestyle. It's such an incredible idea. So the Gemara says, "Katan chusulo." So let's support this. Here we go. Hagiores vashvuya vashivcha sheniftu. So we'll say, what's the right to this? Our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah discuss? Our Mishnah discussed a girl who converted at less than three years old in one day. Now we'll say, how is she converting? My love, da'at belinhu al-das beizdin? Are we not talking about a case where kind of beizdin acted as her, we'll call it surrogate halachic father, and converted her based on the principle of Zachin la Adam Shalom Befanov. Torah Shikimar says, No, 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 that's actually not the case. Lo, ha ha ma'askina, what's the case? This is actually interesting. Beger shenes gairu banavu benosavimo. Oh, this is talking about a case of, say, of a Gentile family which is converting. A Gentile family, say, if you can imagine. So you've got mother, father, we'll call it son, daughter. Daughter happens to be less than three years old in one day. In this case, how do we convert the children without their das? Listen to this. This is fascinating. We assume that with young children, with young children, they want to do what their parents are doing. Apparently that lasts up until about three years old in one day, right? Hey, so, so after that, after that, just the opposite, right? So we'll say, so it's pretty incredible. This is actually an interesting halacha in general when it comes to Elchos Geirus about a family which converts together. There are actually poskim that bring down, we actually saw this in Yavamas a little bit, there are poskim that bring down that when a family, even though we normally say, that when you convert this like a rebirth and there's no relation to your biological family, it's actually interesting discussion when a whole family converts, is it possible that those familial bonds remained in, remain intact because they are converting as a family? Okay, not, not for now, just mentioning it, but the point where the Gemara is suggesting is that our Mishnah could be dealing with a case of an entire family who's converting. The family happens to have a girl who's less than three years old in one day. How is she able to convert without das? Ultimately, because the assumption is a child that young, it's in her benefit to do whatever her family is doing. Incredible. I'm going to have you safe. So I will say, so again, I just want to point out, the Yemar is pointing out something very interesting. So when we convert a child, and I will say, by the way, this happens all of the time. All of the time. I'll give you a case where it could happen. A couple adopts a child. A couple adopts a child. A Jewish couple adopts a non-Jewish child. You have to convert the child. Let's say they adopt a baby. How are you converting the baby? The baby doesn't have das. Well, say cases of surrogacy. Right? Where again, there's an interesting machlokas aposkim by surrogacy. Is it the egg mother? Is it the womb mother? Often, any anyway, we're just going to do what we call a girluch. We're going to do a gerus. How do you do a gerus if at the end of the day, the child doesn't have das? The child doesn't have intent. So the Gemara now is giving me two options. Option number one is al-das beizdin. Beizdin essentially acts as like the surrogate halachic parent because we assume when the child is so young, before the child has tasted a permissive lifestyle, it is a schus for the child to come into the Kiddush of Kalal Yisrael. 
to have that Kiddusha. So that's one possibility. Possibility two is if the child is converting as part of a larger family unit, it is a benefit for a child to do anything that the larger family unit is doing. Now, both say the Gemara goes on with this lach, and it's quite interesting. So the Gemara says, Now watch this. Here's the catch. When you convert a child, right? So let's say you convert the child, which means operating under the principle of that we assume that it is a schos for a child who is still the tabla rasa, still the blank slate, who wants kiddusha to be converted. So I will say, the issue is, if you're going to use zachin, you're going to have to put that principle to the test, which is when, when the child reaches the age of adulthood, the child has the ability to go ahead and opt out. Opt out. And this was an incredible halacha. So a child before the age of Barabbas Mitzvah has the ability to say, thank you, you converted me based on now that I am a Bardas, I hereby inform you, I don't want to be Jewish. And they have the ability to do that. Look at Rashi. So I will say the child has the ability to say, I don't want to be Jewish. And they go back to their Gentile state. And I both say, by the way, there's no punishment for such a decision. If the child, upon reaching the age of majority, decides to opt out, that is their right. That is their right. Now, let's say, by the way, this is halacha Whenever we convert a child before the age of bar or bas mitzvah, there is an obligation to sit down with the child to explain to them, to explain to them what their options are. What their options are. Of course, we hope, we hope that the child will, they don't, you don't really have to opt in, right? In other words, you just stay in, you stay in. But again, there's a halachic obligation to sit down with the child and to explain to them the nature of their options. And should they choose to opt out, there's no penalty, there's no negative repercussions. I mean, like, for that child. So the Gemara says, one second, one second. A signal is a kasha, a signal is a kasha, hagiores. Now, go back to our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? Any of these girls who experience this change, change in status, at less than three years old in one day, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? They're treated like a basula. So we'll say, let, let's just play this average. Let, let's just keep with the case of the Gioras. A girl converts below the age of three years old in one day. That means halachically we consider her a besula. Therefore, she gets a ksuva of 200 zos. Let me get this straight, says Abayi. If it's true that when she grows up, she has the ability to object, right? And say, I don't want to be Jewish anymore. That means we're going to give her a ksuva of 200 zos that she could potentially enjoy when she becomes, right, that she becomes a Gentile? In other words, are we willing to go ahead and give a payment to someone? You're telling me that her ksuva is 200 zuz, but there's also the possibility that's what? That at any moment, she could choose to go ahead and opt out. So what's to stop her from saying, you know what, I want a divorce, give me my money, and then she'll opt out of Yiddishkeit. So we're going to go ahead and give 200 zuz to a woman who's going to become a non-Jew, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 l'chi gadla. We only give her the money, we would only pay her the ksuva once she reaches the age of majority. To which the Gemara says, that's fine, but even when she becomes an adult, she still has the ability to opt out. No, 
Shuv eni says fascinating halacha. When is there the window of opting out? It's only initially when she reaches the age of adulthood. There's a window. Now, how, how exactly long that window is, is an interesting discussion amongst the poskim. But I will say one thing here is for sure, which is it's a limited window. So she reaches the age of majority, whatever it is, however long it is, an hour, a day, a week, a month, whatever it is, it's a limited window. Then I will say something very interesting happens. During that window, she has the ability to opt out. If she doesn't opt out, then what? Then what? It's a default opting in. In other words, I will say, there is no obligation, that's why I said there's no, there's no obligation to opt in, right? So she doesn't have an obligation to say, I hereby reaffirm my Jewishness, right? In other words, the, the, in other words essentially, once she doesn't opt out, by definition, she's in. So if she doesn't exercise the right to opt out, but so I will say, the Gemara says over here, don't think that this window to opt out remains forever open throughout her adult life. Halakha Lama, said there's a limited window. Very interesting. Massive Rava. Rava raises the question. These are the girls, Rava say, for whom there is a kinas. Now remember, again, Rava say, this is the halacha. If a man goes ahead and violates a woman, a man violates a woman, there is a kinas of 50 silver pieces. These are the girls for whom you are obligated in kinas if chas man violates them. Habala mamzeres. Someone has relations with mamzeres. Bala nesina. Bala kusis. Bala giores, vala shvuya, vala shifcha, shenifdu, vishenisgaru, vishishdakreru, pechusos, mibnos, shalosh, shalav yomechad. And I will say, this is referring to the knas payment for a man who violates a basula. So again, similar to our Mishnah, all of these girls have the status of a basula because again, their status change was affected below the age of three years old in one day, which means their basula status is intact. So I will say, let's just keep the cases symmetrical. So a man violates a girl who converted below the age of three years old in one day. So if she converted below the age of three years old in one day, she is a besula, and therefore if chas shalom, a man goes ahead and violates her, if she doesn't want to marry him, then Allah he has the financial penalty. Okay, so the Gemara says, listen to this, Now if you tell me that when a young girl who converts, when she grows up, has the ability to go ahead and opt out, does it make sense that we're going to pay her something, we're going to pay her money, and then ultimately, again, she could transition from a Jewish to a non-Jewish state, to which the Gemara says, the gadla. No, you only pay her the penalty money once she grows up. But even when she grows up, she has the ability to opt out, to which, get, to which again, the Gemara says, no, no, no. Once she entered into her adult life, there's a window, and once to, to opt out, once the window closes, she no longer has the ability to go ahead and no longer has the ability to go ahead and opt out. Rashi says over here, Shuv harehi ki say, let's say again, she wakes up five years, right? So, so now she turns 12, she doesn't say anything, right? She, she, she remains inside. At the age of 16, she has a rebellious stage. She decides, I don't want to be Jewish anymore. I'm Jewish anymore. We'll say, so again, that doesn't work. In other words, unfortunately, she can become an apikores, chas v'shalom, but Lamaisa, she's through and through Jewish. So I will say, so the point over here is, Abai and Rava, 
both raise different contradictions to this idea. Abai la'amar karava, hasam kinasa. So Abai doesn't hold like Rava. Why not? Because Rava brought up the case of kinas. Abai says kinas is not a problem. Why? Because hainu taima shaloye chote niskar. Tirebo say by kinas, the truth is, even for argument's sake, if the woman would opt out and enjoy the knas when she's not Jewish, we don't really care about that. Why? Because the whole point of knas is what? Is what? To penalize the man. That's the whole point. So we don't really, it doesn't, the status of the woman, in other words, what she would do in her adult life doesn't really matter to us all that much. Rava doesn't hold like Abaye. Why? Because ultimately, again, Rava would say the whole point of Ksuba is ultimately that a husband should not be quick to go ahead and divorce his wife. And therefore, again, whatever her status would be, that reason for the ksuba would still remain in effect. So bottom line, here's what we have. Three important takeaways here. Number one, number one, any bia that occurs before the age of three years old in one day is halachically inconsequential, and a woman is still considered to be a ksuba, a basula, a basula. We'll say that's number one. Number two, some interesting halachos in gerus. Like how are we able to convert a ger katan? How are you able to convert a child? And what's the answer? Really, we call it al-das beizdin. But I will say it's really based on the principle that what? Zachin la'adam shalom b'fanov. That you could do something objectively beneficial from, for someone even without their consent. And we assume that it is beneficial for a child to go ahead and convert. And I will say, I, I just want to just point to quality. You know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Of course, this doesn't mean that you pick up a child from the street, right? The Gentile child, you know what? It's a schus for you to be Jewish. Go to the mikvah, gamarnu. What this is talking about is if you have a Gentile child who's going to be raised by a Jewish family, that's why I branched the cases of adoption, surrogacy. We assume that it is a schus for this child to be a Jew, to be a Jew. This only applies, that schus only applies without their consent in their childhood wouldn't apply ultimately again in their adult life. But when you go ahead and you convert a katan, essentially you have to test the zakhin principle. How do you test the zakhin principle? <coughs> when they become an adult, you're obligated to inform them of their options, and in that window, in adult, that early window in adulthood, they have the opportunity to opt out. But if they don't opt, once they don't opt out, they're fully Jewish going forward, and the window for opting out closes. Incredible. Mishnah. Hagodl Shabbalah Kitana. So we'll say this is talking about again a case of a godl, an adult man who had relations with a kitana. And I will say, Kitana in this context means less than three years old and one day. Again, I will say, I'll say it every time. Mishnah is not condoning it. The Mishnah is not, the, the Mishnah is talking about a halachic status case. We're trying to figure out status. That's why we'll always use theoretical cases and often hyperbolic cases in order to bring out a principle. The principle that the Mishnah is making is the same principle as before, that Bia, below the age of three years old in one day is halachically inconsequential and does not go ahead and impact the besula status. So, now this is interesting, the katan shabala gidola. Now we'll say, what if you have a katan, a, young, a boy who has relations with a gidola, an adult woman? Now we'll say, in this case, the katan that we're talking about over here is less than nine years old. For a boy, we assume that bia with a boy less than nine years old is not is, is halachically inconsequential. That's not called a bia. So therefore, if a woman were to have relations with a boy who is less than nine years old, her basula status 
would still remain intact. So the Gemara says, Umukasets, can I both say this is an interesting case, we're talking about Mukasets is a woman whose besulim were damaged. Literally, it means by a piece of wood. But we're going to see, it means any situation where the besulim were ruptured, but not because of an act of relations. Right? It was ruptured because of some type of accident, or we're going to see sometimes it's not even a din accident, it's din of different activities that occur. But the point over here is, there was never any prior sexual activity. That's the point over here. So mukaseitz, what's halacha mukaseitz? So we're saying all of these cases, ksuvasamona. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ksuvasan masayim. Tevra holds all of these cases. All of these women are a besula. So again, three cases. Case number one, a girl who had be less than three years old in one day, still a basula. Case number two, a woman who had relations with a boy less than nine years old. And case number three, mukaseits. Mukaseits, a woman whose basulim were damaged, but not through bia, through a piece of wood, an injury, something like that. All of that, all, all three of these cases, the woman is still a basula, and therefore her ksuva is still 200 zoz. The chum, the chum say, the chum argue on the case of mukaseits, and they hold the chum omrim, Mukas eats ksuva samone. They hold the case of Mukas eats, her ksuva is only 100 zos. So I will say it appears that the Chachamim hold that a Mukas eats is not a besula. Fascinating, not a besula. So the Gemara says, Amana grusha v'chalutza minani suin. So I will say this, we actually had the other case yesterday. This is a case of a woman who is widowed, divorced, or a chalutza from Nisuin. From Nisuin. So let's say after the Chopah. So what's that law? Ksuva san Ultimately, again, her ksuva is a mana. Because we'll say again, after Nisuin occurred, even if we know that husband and wife didn't live with each other, right? Halacha lemaisa, she is no longer considered to be a besula. Amadeis ve'ein. Ve'ein lahen tainus besulim. And I will say, of course, halacha lemaisa, halacha lemaisa, once she's not considered to be a besula, then obviously what? The husband can't have any tainus besulim on her. Hagiores vashuya vashivcha sheniftu vishenizkaru vishenizdachru yeseiros albino shaloshan v'yomechad. So now I will say, watch this, like the previous Mishnah, but here's the change. A girl who converted, a girl who was redeemed. I will say, I didn't speak about the shvuya case. When a woman is taken captive, the assumption is what? The assumption is what? She's violated by her captors, right? Shivcha. Maid servant, the assumption is that avadim shvachos are immoral. So in all of these cases, a girl was converted, a girl was redeemed, or a shifcha was emancipated above the age of three years old in one day. In those cases, you know, ksuvasan mana, velem tainis besulim. The assumption is that all of these girls did have relations. Relations above the age of three years old in one day remove the basula status, and therefore were a man to marry any of these women, their ksuva would only be 100 zuz, and of course there's no tainas basula. Good. Says the Gemara, Amravi Hudomarav, Katon Habala Gidola, Asa Mukas Eitz. Ah, very interesting, I will say. So remember again, the Mishnah said, according, it sounds like both contrary Meir and the Chachamim, that if a woman has relations with a katan, right, a woman has relations with a boy under the age of nine years old, such an act of bia is halachically insignificant, right? So halach, and therefore, again, she's still considered to be a besula. Now, a little bit of a, of a, of a play on this, right? Who this says the name of Rav, that actually, when a woman has relations with a katan, that effectively makes her a mukas eitz, right? Otherwise, you're going to say, because why? Because it's possible that the besulim 
will be ruptured. But ultimately, again, that's not considered to be an act of Bia. So therefore, she has the status of like a woman who was injured, and therefore the Basulim, the Basulim are broken. Says the Mark Kamrisa Kamid the Shmuel. When I said this over in front of Shmuel, Amar Shmuel disagreed. He said, no. Any time that the Basulim are ruptured by, by, by intimate contact, ultimately, again, that's not called Mukaseits. Right? Mukaseits, by definition, is a non-sexual rupturing. Right? Ultimately, is an injury. Is an injury. Even though we want to say that the Bia Vakatan is not a real Bia, Lamaisiya can't call her a Mukaseit. Now, I will say, Shmuel's not disagreeing that Allah Lamaisa, she could still be a Basula. What he's disagreeing on is categorically, you can't call that a Mukaseit. Mukaseit is a specific situation where what? The Basulam are ruptured as a result of? Result of? An accident, an injury, but a non-intercourse, right? Or a non-intimate injury. So the Gemara says as follows. Others go ahead and quote this statement as a standalone ruling. If a katan has relations with the gidola, Rav Amar Asa Mukaseitz. Rav says the woman has the status of a Mukaseitz and therefore she's still a Basula. Shmuel says no, Ein Mukaseitz Babasar. Shmuel says there's no such thing as Mukas Ace. You can't be a Mukas Ace through, through an act of relations. That doesn't work. The concept or the category of Mukas Ace is where there is a, non, a non-relations injury. Master of Oshia, Oshia is the Kasha. Furthermore, remember, what's the problem of putting that? What's the problem of putting anything in the category of a Mukas Eitz? Remember again, I want to point out Mukas Eitz is a machlokas, right? Remember again in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, you have over here, Rabbi Meir holds Mukas Eitz is a basula. The Chachamim hold Mukas Eitz is a baula, 100 zuz ksula. So therefore, the Gemara goes weiter. So the Gemara says, Master of Oshia, Oshia is the Kasha. So if right, if a gadol has relations with the kitana, or the katan had relations with the gidola, or a mukasets, the remer, remer holds that ultimately uh, the ksuva is 200 zos. What we just read, right? The mukasets is no longer a besula. Rather, she is a ba'ula, and therefore a ksuv is only a hundred zuz. Amarava, hachi kamar. So we'll say, hachi kamar. Gadol haba ala ketana v'lo klum. Listen to this. Rava says like this. When a gadol has relations on a ketana, ultimately, we'll say, that is halachically inconsequential. You know, we'll say, remember again, just for our purposes, a, a union like this is illicit, illegal, morally wrong on every single level. We're just trying to figure out status-wise. You want to say, no, there's a term that I've often found very helpful, right? Which is called halacha yevesha. Halacha yevesha just means the dry halacha, the straight halacha. In other words, analyze a case void of any emotion or feeling, right? What status, just, just an, purely analytics. What, so we'll say, so a gadol has relations with the kitana, velo klum. That's nothing. Why is that nothing? Depachos mikan it's actually interesting. Relations with a girl that's less than three years old in one day is like sticking your finger in your eye. What, what does that mean? Sticking your finger in your eye, we'll say, obviously everyone agrees, is not an act of Bia. So to again, still to again, relations at that age, is, it's not Bia. It's not Bia. And therefore, by definition, her Basula status still remains. The Katana Bala Gidola, Asa Mukasets. 
But if a katan, we'll say boy less than nine years old, has relations with an adult woman, ultimately he makes her into a mukas eitz. Umukas eitz gufa plukted rabbanon. And I will say, here's what's interesting. Now, a little bit of a revision of the Mishnah. Because when you read our Mishnah, it sounds like that the Rabbi Meir and the Chum agree that in the case of a, of, of a gidol, of an adult woman who has relations with a katan, everyone agrees she still remains a basula. Now it seems to be that's a machlokas. The Rabbi say, halacha when an adult woman has relations with a boy less than the age of nine years old, that act of relations make her, makes her a mukas eitz. I, what's the status of a mukas eitz? That's a machlokas. Rabbi Meir holds that a mukas eitz is still a basula, and the Rabbanon holds that ultimately, again, she is a baula. Amr Rabbi Barchama. Machlokas, the machlokas of mukas eitz, will say very interesting. Machlokas, b'shehikirba. I will say the machlokas is when the husband knew that she was a mukas eitz. This, by the way, is a fundamental machlokas. A woman is a mukas eitz, right? Now, I will say, so again, now it seems that there's two cases of mukas eitz. What are the two cases of mukas eitz? We'll call it classic mukas eitz. A woman has an injury. A woman has an injury that ultimately goes ahead and ruptures the basulim. Okay? Non-classic mukas eitz is bia with a katan. Be with a katan. Okay, fine. You know what I say? So now the Gemara says, remember, so what's the status of a woman who's a mukas eitz? Machlokas. Rabbi Meir says she's a basula. Chachamim says she's not a basula. Now comes along Rami Barchama and says, when's the machlokas? B'shekir Barba. Say, look at Rashi. It's almost right across. K'shekir Barba. Kishakansa v'kazav laksuva, hayodeshi mukaseitz. I will say the machlokas is when the husband going into the marriage knew that she was a mukaseitz. Listen to this. The Rabbi Meir medamele lebogeres. I will say, fascinating. Rabbi Meir says, a woman who's a mukaseitz is like a bogeres, like an adult woman. I will say, now what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi. This is fascinating. Medamele lebogeres. As a woman becomes older, it is normal and natural for the besulim to rupture without her even knowing it. Right? A woman goes ahead and leads a very active lifestyle. Right? The woman's athletic. It's natural for sometimes the basulim to go ahead and rupture. A woman uses a tampon, normal and natural for the basulim to rupture. And I will say again, so it was interesting over here, and this is fascinating, once a woman becomes a bogaris, what's a bogaris? I will say, what age is a bogaris? 12 years old and six, six months, right? 12 and a half years old. It's natural and normal for just the basulim, I use the word rupture, you know, it's, it's interesting. Sometimes the Gemara uses the Lashon like dissolving. It doesn't mean dissolving, right? But it means ultimately just to rupture and to open on their own just, just as a result of activity. So, the, so this is fascinating. So the Gemara says like this, Rabbi Meir holds that when a woman is a Bulgaris, sorry, when a woman is a Mukasades, she's pretty much just like a Bulgaris, which means that what? There are circumstances where a man marries a woman who is a Basula. A Basula in that what? In that what? That what? She's never had relations with another man. But just through normal events, the basulim are not there. The basulim are not there. Now let's say, by the way, there are, there are also other cases like this. Well, again, there, there are other fascinating cases. Sometimes, again, just physiologically, the basulim may be too thick. 
And sometimes when a woman goes to a doctor, the doctor will say that in order to have proper bia, they have to actively be opened. So also you have situations like that where again, the woman is a basula. Of course she's a basula. But the maisa, the basula are not there. So again, here the Gemara is saying, let me get into that. A Stambul Geras, we assume, a Stambul Geras, interesting, a Stambul Geras, we assume that Allah Maisa, her basulin may not, may just, may be split already, may just not be there. Sarah says, essentially, a Mukas Eitz is just like a regular Bogeras. We'll say, it's in, actually interesting. The Rabbanon say, no, a Mukas Eitz is like a Baula. It's like a Baula, right? Like a non basula woman. We'll say, but watch this. What if the man, the husband, didn't know that his wife was a mukasets? In that case, everyone agrees she gets no ksuva. No ksuva? I will say why? Because according to this approach, what's the halacha? Mekachtos. Look here, ashi veloklum, the mekachtosu. I will say, now this is pretty wild. Why? Because the husband said, because the husband could say, had I known that you didn't have besulim, I would have never married you. Right? He could claim mekachtos, mekachtos. Okay, I will say, by the way, mekachtos is not something unique to Kiddushin. Mekachtos applies to any transaction, right? I go ahead and I purchase something from you. You did not disclose something about the item that's being purchased, the transaction. I find out about it, assuming that objectively it is something that had I known about, I would never have engaged in this transaction. I could void the transaction. So the Gemara is suggesting over the Rabbanon are suggesting over, I should say the Gemara is suggesting over here, that if she didn't disclose Mukasets, that would be grounds for Mekachtos. Ava, look good. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, why do you compare Mukasets to a Bogeres? Why not compare her ultimately to a Bu'ula? Very simple. Bu'ula is avid be adam. First white line. Ha lo is avid be be adam. Well, it's a very simple distinction. A bu'ula, something happened. In other words, a bu'ula, there was an act of intimacy, right? Muka with another person, right? Mukas aids, mukas aids, something happened, but there was no form of intimacy. You can't call a woman like that a bu'ula. We'll say also the status of bu'ula is also not just saying that it impacts the basula. The status of bu'ula is a full act of intimacy. That did not happen over here. For Rabbanon, Rabbanon, when you compare a Mukas 8 to a Bu'ula, why not compare it to a Bogeres? Bogeres, Lois Avid Bogeres, there was no Maisa at all. Ha is Avid Bamaisa. Over here, by Mukas 8, there was a Maisa. Okay, so Rabbanon say, so that's the Machlokas. Avalo hikibal adivri akavaloklum. Rabbanon say, now here's what's interesting. So the Gemara assumes the Machlokas, Rabbi Meir and the Rabban, about the status of a Mukas 8, is in a situation where the husband was aware of her status. But if the husband wasn't aware of her status, everyone agrees that what? Halachala Maisa? Mekachtos. So the Gemara says, really, Master of Nachman, he omeres mukas eats ani, vuhu omer lo, ela ki, lo, lo, ki ela drusas ishat. We'll say, watch this. They get married. Turns out she's not a basula, or she doesn't have basulim. She claims, I'm a mukas eats. He claims, no, not true, not true. You had relations. You had relations. So what's ta'alacha? Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Eliezer, Omrim, ne'emenes. She is believed. She is believed. So I will say, so incredible. Incredible, Allah says she's believed. So if that's the case again, Abosai, if she's believed, so even in a case where he didn't know about it before, why ultimately again should you be able to claim Mekachtos? Here we go. 
Listen to this. So therefore, let's finish with this. I'm sorry. Whether the husband husband knew about mukasets, didn't know about mukasets, what's the halacha? Rabbi Meir Masayim. Ultimately, according to Rabbi Meir, Ksuvah is 200. So why? We'll say, because according to Rabbi Meir, the status of mukasets is a basula. Whether husband knew about it or didn't know about it is inconsequential. The Rabbanon, hikir ba'mana, lo hikir ba'valo klum. According to the Rabbanon, if the husband knew about it, then halacha lamaisa, she's still a bu'ula, and she gets 100 zuz. If he didn't know about it, then halacha lamaisa, she gets nothing, i.e. mekach taos. Vahadr be rava, but rava ultimately went ahead and retracted this position. How do we know this? This sanya, keitzarotzas shemra. I will say, what's the case of motzi shemra, right? Where a husband goes ahead and spreads a lie that his wife was unfaithful. So listen to this. Bala Bezin va'amar ploni Right, Reuven comes to Bezdin and he says about his wife Rachel, he says to Rachel's father, right, I, your daughter didn't have besulim. If there are witnesses that she committed, that she committed Znus while married to him, she gets a ksuva of a mana. We'll challenge that in just a moment. If there are Edim that she had relations after she had Erisin, right, ultimately again, she gets Skila. Haki Kamar. If there are Edim, that ultimately again, she went ahead and she was Mizana while married to him, then she gets Skila. If there are Edim that she was Mizana before she had Erisin, she gets the Ksuva of Amana. What do we learn from here? That if a man marries a woman, assuming that she is a basula, but it turns out that she is a baula, ultimately she is still she is still entitled to a ksuva of 100 zos. All right, so we'll have to stop over here. Again, a, pre- a pretty dramatic statement. I know I'm ending off a little bit on a cliffhanger, but I'm asking to resolve this sugyam together with together with the status of mukas eitz. Emirat Hashem tomorrow. Shkoyach.